1: This is the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Goodison Park.
2: Hello, everyone, and welcome to a very special Liverpool Echo podcast. I'm your host, Sam Carroll, and today I'm joined by an absolute dream team of women's football journalists and personalities. We've got Emma Sanders of the BBC, Catherine Batte, who you might know from her wildly successful loan at the Echo, but now with Daily Mail fame, and Sarah Halpin, Everton women's media maestro, They've all kindly agreed to be here with me this evening and we've come together in the same week. The fixtures for the new women's season will be announced to discuss the challenge of growing the female game and how clubs can work alongside the media to allow better coverage. I'll also be asking Emma, Catherine and Sarah about their own route into football and the media, the challenges they may have faced and any advice they might have for aspiring young journalists who are listening to the podcast tonight. So Emma, I'll start with you because it was probably your tweet last week that gave me the idea for this kind of special show that we're doing, which we'll come back to uh, to kick off the podcast with shortly. Tell everyone a, 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 a little bit about who you are and, and how you became Emma Sanders of the of the BBC fame.
1: Ah, fame. That's a that's a strong word. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, i I went to University of Salford, uh, studied journalism there, I graduated uh twenty fifteen, which is years ago now. Um I'm getting old. Um and then I did I actually did a bit of work at the Echo, a bit of freelance work there. Um I was obviously covering a lot of Liverpool, a lot of non-league football, which I then passed over to you, didn't I Sam? So um passing over the baton But while I was there I was really keen to get involved with women's football. And um yeah during my sort of freelance years I tried to build contacts and get as much involved in the game as I possibly could so then when I then started working for the BBC from around sort of summer of 2017 probably from 2018 when I started a contract I was you know just really really keen to get as much women's football on the website as I possibly could that is still one of my main aims now I try to do that on a daily basis uh, since the summer um, well since since the World Cup really in the summer I've sort of joined a bit more of a formal women's football team at the BBC um, online, but we work collaboratively with radio and TV as well. So from there, it's just a case of, yeah, just trying to work with clubs, working with the FA. Um, We're, you know, even trying to work with clubs in NWSL and stuff now as well. So we're just trying to grow the game as much as possible. Um, And like I said, that's, that's that's a passion of mine. So a lot of it I used to do in my free time. But thankfully now, you know, I've got a team around me and editors are, are quite supportive of me, um, obviously. <laughs> I've, you know, as as I said in the tweet, I think everyone needs to do better and that includes the media and that includes myself. So I still think there's a lot of work to be done. But, yeah, that's that probably sums up <laughs> my last five years um, in probably the most simplest form I can.
2: And say that we... Yeah. we, we, we. You used to do the, the Blue Room podcasts together, the, the Everton podcast and, and now you are the go-to woman for for Everton women media. You're there uh, uh, most of the matches, I think, if not all of them, and have a really close relationship with the girls in, in the squad. So tell people a little bit more about your own journey.
3: Yeah, I've been very, very fortunate, I feel, Um, obviously from being a kid for as long as I've I've remembered. I've been a massive football fan, a massive Everton fan. Um, And I started going to watch Everton women when I was probably about eight years old and uh, followed them back then. And just the growth in the game has been fantastic to see over recent years. There's a long, long way to go still. We know that. Um, But I actually started out just off my own back going to the women's games and, and just ask people within the club if they'd mind me grabbing interviews with the girls after the games and stuff like that like you said we used to do podcasts with the blue room and and stuff like that and I just felt that there wasn't really enough in the way of interviews and and post-match stuff like you see you know from all the men's games you know you, you get in the review the, the rundown on the match players mouths and, and some more content out there for them but I just did it for, for me for my own YouTube channel and and stuff like that. And actually, I, I this is something I, you know, a massive praise for Everton over. Um, they saw what I was doing and they liked what I was doing and they sort of said, Well, would you like to get involved with maybe doing it sort of with us for us kind of thing? And that's the point now where for the last two seasons I've been fortunate enough to travel home and away with the team on the team code mat and providing providing day content, uh, getting to Finch Farm and providing content with them and I just love it. I love the I love the girls. I love the sport, um, and you know they're just such a great team. Everybody, I feel like the girls will back me on this as well. Within women's football, there is a a really nice vibe and a kind of togetherness and closeness. Um, so it, it's great to be a part of that. It's been great for for me personally in in my own self to to be a part of it. But yeah, I I just want to you know Emma said it there, and I feel the same. There's so much more to be done. I I constantly think to myself. Series, you, you need to be on top of this you need to be doing more but I think collectively we all need to support each other and um, and that's how we'll all be able to, to do more because we all need support and um, you can't do it all on your own can you and I'm sure the girls will back me on this that sometimes you do feel like you're fighting an uphill battle a little bit, we're trying to get media out there, trying to get as much content as you like to uh, but for now certainly I'm loving my role, I'm very very grateful to Everton and uh, hopefully we'll be able to push on and and all do more for, for all the all the women's teams
2: going with and when you're when you're traveling on the team buses is, is there a little path in the back of your head that thinks someone gets injured or gets sick here they might you might ask me to put my boots on get <laughs> <again>. <laughs> I, was,
3: I was chatting to someone the other day and they're like why don't you do a trial I said you know what I might have a word with the staff just be like just just for laughs be like oh, I really want to sit through and you know who <laughs> knows? You never know. No, nah, that that's a bit insulting to our girls. I think uh, I'll, I'll just I'll just scrub the boots for them if they need that or something. <laughs> I'd love it if they want to do a friendly and throw me on, you know, for for twenty minutes. I'd take that all day long, mate. <laughs>
2: and for for anyone that, that doesn't know, Catherine, Catherine obviously came to the Echo on loan uh, from the Daily Mail late last year. And you know, I I'll admit myself that I, I didn't know a lot about. Uh, women's football. I think Catherine was quite inspiring to me in terms of how much she knew and 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 how knowledgeable she is of the game. And we're we're also part of the uh, goalkeepers' union together as well, aren't we, Catherine? So uh, unfortunately, as a Hull fan, we've just been relegated from from the championship. So tell us a little bit about your uh, your football story. <laughs>
0: Well, well, since you've thrown that dig in, I'll say if Sarah does have a problem with Everton, it'll probably go better than your experience um, trying to save penalties against uh, the Everton players. Uh... Let's <laughs> oh, yeah.
2: yeah. that one Brilliant. <laughs> um,
0: Yeah, I, I've kind of been watching women's football since probably about the age of, of nine or ten. Um, I think my dad kind of first introduced me to it and, and said, you know, England women were on the TV. Uh, and that was kind of first how I... Got into watching women's football, watching England games uh, because the sort of closest teams uh, to where I lived in Hull was Doncaster and Lincoln, so couldn't sort of go and uh, watch them sort of regularly. Um, I went but going to an England game at Doncaster actually, and that was where I first um, interviewed a player. Um, I asked Kelly Smith if she was Kelly Smith, and she said yes, and that was. Uh, <laughs> First interview with was football that I did, about the age of nine. Uh, didn't, I didn't have a programme or anything to uh, ask her to sign, so I just asked her if she was who she was, just to check. <laughs> um. But, yeah, no, I've um, kind of gone through um, my kind of journalism career and uh, got involved with student radio when I was at York Uni and went out and, and spoke to a few kind of local teams and, and got involved with the societies and stuff like that which which prepared me quite well for doing uh masters at Sheffield and then was was fortunate enough to get um a place on on the males grad scheme and and had my uh very enjoyable loan spell in Liverpool for uh five months and thankfully the, the echo were very accommodating and, and let me go and do a lot of stuff with the women's teams in terms of going to the training grounds and, and going to games and, and and they gave me a lot of freedom with that so uh that was obviously very helpful and um I think, you know, a lot of the other regional kind of places could probably take a lot of what from, from what the Echo are doing. And and since I've gone as well, obviously, Sam's done quite a lot of stuff as well with, with both teams. So that's obviously very good. And and hopefully now being back in, in London with the mail, it'll be something I'll be able to continue to do if I, if I get the chance to do so.
2: Well, last week on, on Twitter, Emma, to, to come back to you and, and we'll kind of start here, you... You wrote that women's football still blows my mind. I try so hard to get content out there and so many things make it difficult, which are easily avoidable. Press releases, stats, communication and info should be the bare minimum. I want to write about it, so don't make it difficult. So, you know, to, to kind of just talk about for now the challenges that we all face in, in kind of promoting, uh, you know, women's football and women's sport, what are the main kind of things that you feel prohibit you maybe?
1: Yeah, I probably needed a bit, bit more coffee when I wrote that tweet. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I will just say since that tweet, I have spoken to the FA and I have spoken to a couple of clubs and sort of given back, given my feedback and asked them to yeah. Yeah. Um, sort of listen to ways in which I think they can help. Um, I think the first thing for me is the press access, um, just make it easier to get hold of information. So, for example. There's a lot of clubs in the WSL who don't even tweet their full team lineups before a game, which to me is quite a basic thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, you've got fans there who are trying to learn about the game. And if you're trying to attract new fans as well, you know, if they see a player that they like and they don't know who who they were because, you know, they haven't got team sheet and there wasn't anything tweeted before the game, then how are they then meant to go back and and then start sort of following. The journey of that player and therefore following her team and you know it i think it, it's basic stuff like that where that for me is a, is a bare minimum um things like press releases um a lot of stuff like that you know you, you you don't get on time or you don't get in advance um which just makes it easier to prepare content you know if i've got a busy if we've got a busy day on on the news desk at bbc and I get a press release, which is, you know, arrives 10 minutes after they've already announced the news on Twitter or on their own official website, then my editors aren't going to be in any, any rush to get that news out there. Um, and also, you know, they're not going to be in, in, in any rush to add anything that's already on the club's website. Because if people already know about it, then by the time you get the news out an hour later, you know, it's it's difficult then to try and persuade them to, to give more to that piece of content. Um, so from that side of it, I think clubs can be more helpful. Um, I'd like to see more press conferences in the game. I've said this um, a lot. Um, I'm not expecting them to do it at every game because I don't think there's enough media there at the moment. So that's where I think, um I have somebody in the media, I want to see us do more because I think you should have somebody from media at, at least every game in WSL. I mean, it's it's the top flight league in women's football, you know. <laughs> And unfortunately, there are games that go ahead where, you know, they they don't have any media. You, you need you need to get the manager in, in front of the press. You need to get them in front of the media, delivering messages, delivering information um, to the fans and to the media. Um, don't just do it on the big games. There was there was press conferences that they did when they played games at the men's stadiums last season. So the opening weekend, you know, they had um, when when they had the Manchester derby, the Etihad. You had, you had Nick Cushing coming out and doing a press conference um, for Manchester City. Why not do that a lot more often? Um, yeah. And to be yeah. fair, Manchester City are actually probably, um, well, they're not probably, they're definitely one of the best clubs in women's football um, in terms of the press access. They do that a lot more regularly. But, you know, do, do this for several games throughout the season. Don't just do it for the big showcase ones. Um, so, yeah, they're just a few things. <laughs> That I would like to see um see improved upon. But just in general to sum it up, make information more easily accessible, have better communication with the media, um, because in turn then you will then have more communication with your fans and more engagement with your fans, and ultimately that's what women's football needs at the moment.
2: And is that something maybe saying yeah. when, when you're going across the country with Everton, you know, obviously we're we're giving you the the opportunity to You know, speak to the players and and the management and and put their faces and their names out there, like Emma's saying. And and sometimes you're looking at other club setups and maybe thinking, why aren't you doing this? Why aren't aren't you doing that? Can can some clubs surprise you with their kind of lack of lack of content and, and lack of effort, maybe?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you've hit the nail on the head and I don't think there's a single team really that is, is guilt-free when it comes to that. I think every club, every team in the top flight could, de- could be doing more. Emma's just said it there about the communication with the press and the media and stuff like that. And, you know, not getting team line outs out, not, not you know, how are people meant to learn more and and get involved if you if you don't know who you're watching? it is, And that's what I've really tried to do is to, you know, I'll get a post match with Willie Kirk after every game, so that's getting his his face out there. You know, he's doing. I know he's doing stuff with the Echo and various other things, which is great that people are getting involved, and I'm able to get the girls out there, getting their their faces, their their voices, um, and just having that rapport with them as well. Because I think, and you girls will be with me on this, I'm sure as well. They're not, you know girls are so wise to it they they can see through if somebody's just there to ask the ask the basic questions and I think it's about really showing that you've got a passion for it and having that genuine passion for it that's how you get the best out of out of the players out of the manager and stuff as well and you know what you're saying about the the big press conferences and stuff and it's all over Sky Sports News isn't it when there was the derby at Anfield when there was the derby at the Etihad and then at White Hart Lane and stuff that should be you know definitely a lot more regular because it's as yeah. if, you know, the world cup's there and it's like women's football's everywhere. You can't get away from, which is great. But then, you know, when you're seeing these girls playing at the, the biggest stage and the, you know, but then the way they're living in their club life and day-to-day life is nothing like that. So I think it needs to become more professional Then the media need better access, more access. Um And yeah, I'd love to see more clubs doing stuff like getting interviews out there, post-match stuff and, um, Look at the men's game look how much is is, is posted on that and I know' we're, we're a long way from the the money and everything else there, but there is an interest and we need to provide those people with with content to feed their interest otherwise you know you, you fear that it that it'll dwindle away and now more than ever we need to be on that and, and getting the content regular um, and and making it as good as possible and easy, as easy accessible as possible.
2: Do You think that's the, the challenge then from our side, Catherine, what, what Sarah has touched on there, the you know, f- for example, I remember when you were at the echo and uh, the the Chelsea women manager, she kind of criticised the pitch that Liverpool played on. And I think because it kind of uh struck a chord of of with the club uh you know on, on a wider scale of you know, why are Liverpool top of the league but their women's team are playing on this pitch? Seemed, there seemed there's a lot of interest and suddenly a lot of people are asking questions and want to cover it, and then probably the next game it was probably only you, you there from from the wider press, wasn't it? And everything kind of, you know, for, for once of better phrase, goes back to normal in that sense. So is that where probably the media need to improve from our end of, of having this kind of desire and this, you know, coverage all the time and not just, oh, that's a pretty big story. We should cover that.
0: Yeah, definitely. And, and Emma and Sarah probably... See this as well. I mean, me and Emma were both at the the press days for Anfield when they played the Derby, and, and you could see Kanye Sky were there, and a few people from other places. And then, but you don't see them at matches. You know, me and Emma would, would go to games and we would report on the game. Games, but there wouldn't be the same people that were there, you know, a few weeks ago when, when the, the big news was happening. Uh, same with Everton. I, I went to watch Everton play Arsenal at home, and, and there was a lot more people going to, go to watch that because it was a big game. But um, it's difficult as well because I have one women's football reporter, and it's very difficult then for them to kind of spread themselves throughout all the clubs. Um, I, I've yeah. seen this a few times, you know. Um, they're kind of on their own and they'll, they'll go, you know, they'll maybe cover some of the London teams and then people will be asking them on Twitter why are you not covering, you know, Man United, why are you not covering, you know, Liverpool, Everton. And, and it's, well, they can't be sort of in, in two different places at once. Uh, it was the same with the press conference as well. I think um, Spurs held a press conference. It sort of made a few waves on, on Twitter and it wasn't very well attended, but... I think there was a similar press conference for another club at the same time and and sometimes you think clubs need to have a bit more communication with each other as well and as well with the FA and and stuff like that just to to help to kind of, because until you get more kind of women's football reporters and and people focusing specifically on women's football, they are going to be kind of thinly spread throughout all the clubs and they can't kind of cover uh, two things at the same time so that's a difficulty as well but it's, it's difficult with a few of the national places. When when that thing happened with, with Emma Hayes heavily criticising Liverpool, I think a lot of people jumped on it because they thought this is a great chance to kind of go at Liverpool men because they're not funding the women's team properly and they're not supporting them. And I've seen a few different stuff c- coming out like that when, when Liverpool obviously relegated it. People kind of thought it was a great chance to uh, show a bit of interest because it, it's good to have a, have a dig at the men's club rather than actually kind of looking deeper into, into the stories or, or even kind of, you know, bothering about how, how women have played this year or taking an interest in, in, in their development throughout the season. So, yeah, there's, there's a lot of work in that respect.
2: So, moving on then to, you know, the, the growth of, of, of what we've seen in, in the Women's Super League over the, the last couple of seasons, what, what do you think is the next step because you know we're sitting here now and we're kind of talking about the challenges and how we can improve but you know I think clubs and the media should still be given credit for how far along you know it's it's come probably in the in the last couple of years or so and, and definitely trying to develop an interest. You know we've got more teams now going professional. You know you look at the facilities that the Everton women for example are given you know the, the exact same as the men alongside Finch Farm. Uh you know the the, the money that some some girls are of being offered now. I think, you know, a case in point would be Chloe Kelly, you know, this summer gone to Manchester City and, you know, had offers from Spain and and and, and big money offers that she turned down to, to stay in England. So what is now the the next step for for the women's super league, for the women's championship, for Everton for Liverpool in terms of profiling and and, and keeping to kind of pushing pushing the names out there and, and increasing, you know, the visibility of women's football.
1: Yeah, I gave this some thought earlier and I picked out three areas that I think I would like to see as the next step. I mean, I'm sure that there'll be more to that. But one for me is is a takeover of the WSL. This is something that's been discussed for a while. Obviously, the Premier League have been linked with it. There's been a couple of other stakeholders that have been linked with it recently. Um, I'm not sure where I want that takeover to come from yet. I still haven't decided on that. But I do think... A lot of the issues around women's football, and this is absolutely no secret, is surrounding money. Um, yeah. So a takeover naturally, you know, would bring investment, and with investment, you can work with a lot of things. So for me, a takeover would be the next step. Um, hopefully, more broadcasting deals as well. Obviously, we saw last last season um, Barclays got involved uh, in terms of obviously sponsoring WSL. Um, There was more TV rights, the first um, overseas broadcasting rights um, in WSL, which I think was no coincidence with Manchester United coming up into that league as well. Um, But I'd like to see more domestic broadcasting as well, Um, especially if the new seasons in the Championship and WSL start behind closed doors. I think it's absolutely vital that we get more broadcasting um, domestically. Obviously, the FBA player was a fantastic step. Um, so you've got to give um, the FA credit for that because that was a brilliant initiative, which means that um, you know people can go and watch um, highlights, they can watch games. But I think that needs to come from an outsider as well, um, so then you know you can invent high-quality commentating, um, punditry, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then the third one for me really is um, prize money, increased prize money. Um, that's in domestic cup competitions and obviously in the WSL and the championship, because if you pay these footballers, um, what you think they're worth,
2: then the
1: product improves. Um, the interest in that product improves because what you're watching on pitch is naturally better quality. Um, and then you build from the top down to the bottom because, you know, by improving the, the product, by improving the quality, you then generate more interest. Um, from fans, from sponsors, from broadcasting, um, you get more money into the game and then naturally you can then start to reinvest that into the grassroots and then improve, you know, the lower leagues below the championship and the WSL. So for me, they're the three things. But like I said, I'm sure there's plenty more uh, <laughs> that I could pluck out of somewhere. But, but yeah, they, they'd be sort of uh, the next things on my list. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.
2: The broadcasting is a is a good point, isn't it? Taylor? Because uh, yeah, if for people who didn't get the joke earlier, I was invited down to uh, Finch Farm earlier this season to or last season now to, to do a penalty shootout uh, with with the women, the Everton women's team ahead of the derby, and I think I saved one penalty out of twelve. <laughs> uh, and I, you know, I to eleven until I was sixteen. I still count myself as a half decent goalie, and you know, for, for someone who sees the girls so closely say that you obviously know how talented they are and they deserve to be seen by a, a wide audience, I think, don't they? And, and in turn, then, you know, drive a bit more revenue, drive a bit more, you know, publicity and in turn money back into the game.
3: Absolutely. You know, these girls are, <laughs> they're so technically gifted women's football. It's no joke. And I think that, you know, so many people will say, ah, it's not real and there's nothing that boils my blood more. And so many of my, you know, friends I've even said to them that mightn't have been to women's games before through me working with Everton I've gone get down get yourselves down here and watch it and the the rea- reaction that you'll usually get is oh well didn't expect it to be that good <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> but this is the thing and you know even from when I was a kid the fo- the terms of football ability and what you see it has improved obviously because there's been more investment and stuff as the years have gone on but that that's only going to get better as you say as as more investment comes in like what what I said about you know whoever, wherever it comes from the takeover we've seen Barclays coming with the sponsorship which is great but yet we need more sponsorship we need more money in there um the fact that as you said Liverpool uh, women will be playing in the championship next season and if them games aren't on telly, then fans aren't going to be able to watch their club play. And I think that's just a a joke, to be honest, the fact that you mightn't be able to watch your club play. And it's it's been the same even with uh, cup competitions though, you know, uh, the Continental Cup. You can't watch your team play. You can barely get commentary. And and I think, how are people meant to follow it if you can't even watch the game? I know some good friends of mine um, that work, they do podcasting around the women's team and, One of their real concerns was, how are we going to do what we do? And they're so dedicated and they're so great at what they do and they're so passionate and they love it. And they're genuinely concerned that they mightn't be able to watch their club. And then how how are we going to talk about it and give the fans feedback on it if we can't see it? And, you know, that's the kind of thing that needs to change and people need to make more um, effort into making sure that all games are broadcast, even if the viewing figures to start with aren't, they don't see it as making of money for them or whatever it's only going to go when it's out there so yeah more money in the game um and then clubs can do more you know it's great when you see clubs do things you know put merging the men's and the women's team together for media things that's great but don't just do it for a photo shoot don't just do it to that you know those that are fortunate enough to be affiliated with a premier league club i feel like there's no
0: excuse
3: to to neglect the women um, the way that they are sometimes, and everybody can do more for that. So media, more coverage of all the games, and more money, because these girls need motivation to stay in the game and give it everything, because let's not forget, some of these girls now are still thinking of their career after football, a lot of them are. There's um, plays that you think are at the top of their game, we referred to Chloe Kelly before as well, and you know, there's somebody who's very much all about football, because she turned down big money from other places to stay in this country, but we're not going to lose on players because the money's not there to support them. And, you know, not just their playing careers, um, what they do off the pitch. There's still some girls who are barely making money from playing football. And when they want to play football for their national country are ending up sort of out of pocket. And things like that have got to change. You want to be professional, you need to be treated, you know, professionally as well. And, and um, as I say, I think everybody can do more for that, but yeah. Lots to do, but I do think I'm moving in the right direction, despite my
2: rant. While you're there, are you following the, the, a similar line to Emma and Sarah? And, and do you have any ideas of, of your own that you'd like to see implemented?
0: Yeah, I think I think for me it's bridging that gap between the top clubs in the women's game. So you've got the, the historic top three of Chelsea, Arsenal, Man City, and then kind of bridging the gap between not just them, but the rest of the rest of the clubs in in the WSL. Um, you've kind of got the likes of Everton, West Ham, United, obviously, um, kind of investing in. Um, I think West Ham have just built a new or new training facility for their women's team. Um, obviously, we said it was in chain at Finch Farm and United have kind of um, put a bit of money into their women's team. But it, it's also kind of bridging the gap between the championship. I think that's kind of the next step for me. You've got um, all the clubs in, in WSL uh, full time, but a lot of the championship clubs are still only part time um and they're still kind of you know working jobs in the day and then training in the evening it's very difficult then um for the clubs to kind of you know if they've got to play a WSL club in the competition there's sometimes still a huge gap between uh you know it's only one one league difference but there's sometimes still a huge gap when Man City can kind of play their reserve team but it's still a team full of internationals where against you know a team of of girls that are still playing part-time and, and that standard of the championship is only going to get better when, when people can you know focus fully on football so that's probably the next step uh, what I would say and, and yeah I mean broadcasting I think um, there was positive news this week that, that BT are going to show the the women's champions league games um, I'm, I'm not sure if they're free to wear I presume they might be I think the men's games can be free to wear so that's a positive and I know um, BBC Arbor are showing Glasgow City's game which is good for Scotland as well um obviously two two British teams taking part in that competition um but yeah it's all it's about visibility and and um, getting, the, getting the image out there. Um, one thing that, that's quite good in London with um, when, when big games are happening, I think when Arsenal played Spurs, there were um, kind of adverts all around the London Underground of, um, you know, watch the London Derby. Um, I, I didn't see as much of that in Liverpool when Liverpool were playing over to in terms of kind of, that would probably have been quite a, an easy thing to do. But um, it's just little things like that that can sort of increase the visibility.
2: And stick with you for a for a moment, then Catherine. Obviously, you, when you came down to Liverpool and and you were really interested in in the women's football and and driving it kind of out there, how how did you find Everton and Liverpool? To you know, you were there for a really exciting time, which was which was that Anfield derby, um, which I was channel for. Which Ever, Everton won <laughs> Anfield. Um, how how did you find Everton and Liverpool to to work? with? did you find them helpful? And and, and do you think that? Uh, was your experience a positive for the two clubs, and, and does that bode well, you know, for the future of, of local women's football around Merseyside?
0: Definitely, yeah. Both clubs were, were very helpful in terms of giving access to players. Um, you know, they, they couldn't have been happier to put a player put player up for interview or yeah, you can speak to the manager, um, which was you know it made it made it really easy to do because you could do you know quite a lot of different pieces. Um, easy to go down to the training the training pitch to to speak and after as well. You know, I mean, Liverpool had a tough time last season, but after every game, Vicky was more than happy to come out and, and speak and, and and front up and she say that she didn't have to do it she was the manager but you know there wasn't loads of press there kind of you know wanting to speak but she did it every week without you know without any complaints Willie Kirk was very helpful as well um and and yeah to be fair they were both Liverpool and Everton um have always been kind of very quick to respond to emails and and stuff like that so yeah no complaints with uh with the two Merseyside clubs in that
2: respect has that been your experience as well Sarah it was a uh, you got to speak to Liverpool's new signing from Roma uh, in the last couple of weeks, Amelie up is, is, is it is it good to see? You know that clubs can be that kind of open with you and and help you kind of you know on on this national platform. You have you know get get new signs out there. And it wasn't just you know Liverpool, signing. it was it was a really good kind of exclusive interview with with Emily. Is that is that something that you found to be quite consistent with Liverpool and Everton over the last couple of years?
1: Sorry, was that for me? Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Definitely. I think. I think um, both clubs. They can still do more. Um. Like this. This summer, for example. Um. Given. You know the fact that WSL wasn't. Um. You know it obviously didn't. It wasn't playing well. Everyone sort of went into shutdown mode with with coronavirus, and I think every club across the board was guilty in just sort of shutting down altogether because they were scared of saying the wrong thing or putting players up and. And people were absolutely screaming out for content and it was the opportunity to get women's sport there when, when men's sport wasn't on there and I think um, both Merseyside clubs along with everybody else who we certainly weren't alone but they were probably a little bit slow to react to that um, I had a couple of conversations with with some of the people at the club and um, you know tried to move that along I said look I've got a gap here I really want to do this I really want to do that and um, and they were cooperative with that and they were helpful and uh, you know eventually we got you know we got things moving but um boys in, in particular is a that i've got a really good relationship with um the press officer you know i know well you know did a bit of work with at the echo um so yeah i've got a great relationship there and and i get to a lot of the games because i'm very local, so so um, yeah, I think, you know, as Catherine said, Vicky is brilliant. She always comes out and speaks to the press. The players are, are equally brilliant. Like, there has been times where um, I find it more on the on the cup games, actually, when it's sort of late-night games and, and they need to get off afterwards, um, where uh, I think it's more the club rather than Vicky, but they, you know, they might, they might say, oh, could, you know, can we not do it this week, which is a little bit disappointing when you travel that way on, you know, for a late-night game. Um, and they're the games that get... You know, as Sarah said before, the cup games, they're the, they're the ones that don't get that much coverage. Um, so I think those ones, you know, they probably need to prioritise um, as well. So uh, I'd like to see a little bit more there. Um, Everton are brilliant in the sense that they're they they they're really, really good at putting players up. Um, Liverpool are really good at putting Vicky up. You know, Vicky speaks a lot. She gets in front of the cameras. I think they can do more with the players. Everton are kind of probably more the opposite. Um, I think Witty gets himself in front of the camera as well, but I do think the club um, are brilliant at uh, you know at getting the players out there and, and giving you um, it sort of interviews with the players and stuff. So um, yeah, I think on the whole, like both both clubs um, are pretty good, and Liverpool certainly. I've massively seen their social media and um, their marketing sort of go up this summer as well, um, which is really exciting to see because I think everyone's just Absolutely on on the ball with the fact that they need to they need to have a a smashing season and get straight back up to WSL. You know they're all really really disappointed to be there. Every single person involved with Liverpool, that's from you know people on the board, people working in marketing, people working sort of you know in and around the staff, whether that's off the pitch and on the pitch. So there's been a bit of a collective effort there this summer to really boost the women's team. Um, So yeah, it's I'm really really excited to see that and that obviously that interview that i had with with amelie the new signing was was a perfect example of that you know I, I called up the club and i said look this is a big signing for you um you know she's come from roma you are in the championship you on the bbc we you know we cover um women's championship the level that i want us to um again i've spoken to work about this um and i said i was like look if you can you know give me an interview with her i'll do the legwork um to get a bit more information you know I spoke to a couple of people at the club I spoke to um a Danish journalist um and got a bit more information and that's where I think from the media I think people can do a little bit more I had to work three hours overtime to do it which isn't ideal but um I was happy with the piece afterwards got a nice response from the piece and from, like for me personally that makes it worth it but um yeah like you know the club are brilliant straight away they were like yes we love that idea um I think i probably got the interview a two days later and um yeah, really sort of finished training and then obviously gave up the time to speak to me. So I was really grateful for everyone involved in that and then, um, yeah, and hopefully we'll
2: see more of that going forward. And is that a similar kind of message for you this season, Sarah? You just kind of looking to do as much as you can with, with everyone, women to, to get as much out there and, and, and drive as much interest and, you know, obviously what we all want, we want people coming to the matches, you know, because it is a pay effect, I do feel like, Perfect atmosphere to, to come down and introduce, you know, younger children to the matches and and you know if it, it it's great it's a great stand of football, isn't it? And do you want to see as many people getting down to watch the Blues through through your content and what you are kind of able to to produce o- online with the girls?
3: Yeah, absolutely, and you know just seconding what uh, Emma said there as well. I'm really frustrated at myself. I think throughout this lockdown thing that. I've not put out more content. Um, you'd, you'd feel like you sometimes go, Can I do this? Can I do this? Because now is the time to be really pushing it out there. And sometimes it's just, you know, because the people are thinly stretched, like Catherine said before as well. It's like that's not the priority of things to cover right now. So I think I maybe need to push myself to put, personally do more as well from the, the women's game, not for Everton. But yeah, for Everton next season, it's perfect. We've got Walton Hall Park now. You know, a fantastic facility, purpose-built purpose ground for for Everton Women to play all their home games there. Um, it's nice. You've got fans right up close to the pitch, and a lot of the stuff that is wrong, well wrong with football, but maybe the negative sides of football that you see in the Premier League, etc. Now, and stuff that's gone missing. You've got VAR and all this. It's gone a bit mad. Whereas, it feels more proper football. Um, you've terraces. You've got the, the real, you know, stuck in the, the quality of football is fantastic. Um, and you hear people complaining about how football's not how it used to be. And I feel like for those that say that, get yourselves down to the women's, go and get back to the women's team. If you want to see the tackles flying in, if you want to see people that are giving every single last thing they've got for the shirt week in, week out, because it's what they want to do on um, some massive, massive wage. Uh, it sells there yeah I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing and taking down a lot of you know what these girls are saying as well and take a lot of stuff on board and you know we can all help each other grow and and grow the content um I've got to say is an impressed a lot of Everton um you know fan sites and pages have reached out to me and said can we chat to you and can we can we have you on regular to talk about the women um I know yourself Sam you're keen to do a lot more with the women, and. And there is that interest for in other people. So I think, you know, that's where you sometimes go, oh my gosh, I need a bit of help. Cause like when you kind of feel like you're doing it all by yourself and there is that interest, we need more people to get a genuine passion for it and and just grow it, you know, um, that's what we want. We want all fan sites of all different clubs talking about their women's team. Um, so let's see if we can, can push it on even further and really strike now, especially after the COVID situation. Know that that's going to ha- have had a, a big impact. So we all need to pull together and uh, and and push forward. But for any blues, any reds, like whoever you support, your women's team, get down and back them because how it starts. You know when we can, when it's safe to do so, It's just show a bit of of, of interest and you'd be amazed. Actually, how many people go into it thinking they're not going to like it or almost don't want to like it, and they do. They end up loving it. Look at United. United, they didn't even have a team, and now they're their fans, a lot of them said we weren't
0: well.
3: <laughs> now they're army army and they are obsessed with it, and that's what you want to see you know, you want to see, want to see people getting bitten by the bug and and falling in love with it as 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 you seem can kind happen. Of, I'm rambling that, so I'm gonna shut up.
1: But you get, <laughs>
2: uh, I was gonna, I was gonna actually stick with you, say, and and move quickly on to uh on field next season, uh, mm-hmm. you know. Everton top six finished. There's been a real kind of I think the G's changed since Willie Kerr came in. You know, we we we've already signed uh, a lot of defenders this season in the season strengthening the back line. You know, there's interest in uh, Claire Emsley, Valerie Galvin, you know, could could be massive signings, both of them. Um what are you thinking? What 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 would constitute a good season for Everton this season? What what do you want to see from the girls?
3: Well, I think you know Firstly, just to touch on, I think it's fantastic to know that the FA Cup tie with the quarterfinal final Chelsea is still going to be played in September because yeah. I was gutted for our girls. That was a big, big game for them and still the prospect to, to win some silverware. So that's that's massive. Um, but I think, you know, we got a sixth place finish on points, expected points per game. I think for Everton, really, it's that fourth place finish that they've got to have in their sights as, as where to finish. Um, Catherine and Emma spoke about the big three before, and it is very much Arsenal, Chelsea, City. Um, I think it will still between, be between those three. But if ever to look to close that gap, maybe maybe on the likes of Arsenal. There's been big changes at a lot of clubs. So yeah, I think if we can try and get a good cup run, for, firstly for this season and then next season as well, um, and, and in the top four, I think that would be huge. Um, and yeah, if we can bring in Claire Emsley and, and Valerie, wow. And I really think we, we've, we've signed a lot of defensive players, as you said. Shore's up at the back. We've um, got players like Rasso already in there, Izzy Crimson, who are like two new signings because we've yet yeah. to see him kick a ball. So I'm I'm like a kid at Christmas to watch those two. As well. so, yeah, if we can get a couple more in on top of what we've already done, then, you know. I don't want to get excited, but we're
2: gonna win the league, Sam, so, you know. <laughs> no, top, top four and a good cup run, I think, would be a would be a good season for Everton next season. And and Emily obviously with with speaking to to Amelie and uh, and also I think one of the one of the best things I've read on lockdown, uh, Liverpool women widely were relegated in the same summer, the men's team were uh, won the Premier League, sorry, from from you and Tom Gaddy, anyone who hasn't already, I'd get onto BBC Sport website and, and you can read that. And that was a very good read. So you, you've obviously, you know, had a little bit of a deep dive into that. So for you, I mean, same question as I say, the Buffalo but they've got to win the league this season. I mean, there's, there's there's pressure on Vicky, I'd say, to to get that done.
1: Yes, well, thank. You. Um, yeah, definitely. I think I think anything less than than promotion and, and winning the league is is a it's a poor season um, straight off. As you say, all the pressure is is on the players and the staff. They know that. You know, they play for Liverpool, there's uh, pressure anyway. You know, it's one of the biggest clubs in, in the world, not just in men's football, as Amelie told me in the interview. Women's football, you know, they were back-to-back league champions only, what, uh, five, six years ago now? It, you know, so it's there's a lot of pressure on them anyway. You know that. Um, they need to be in the WSL, absolutely need to be in the WSL. Um, so anything less than that, yeah, is poor. I'd like to see them go on a bit of a cut run as well because, um, you know, they've, they've got the squad there. Um, I already know there's a couple of young players who've been training um, with the first team players the last week or two that have uh, sort of you know been impre- you know been impressive and they'll look to you know try and make that step this season so that'll be exciting to see but yeah winning the league anything less is a disappointment.
2: And Catherine, you've yeah. already promised me that you're uh, coming down for the for the Chelsea game in the FA Cup quarter Hopefully we can we can both go and, and watch that safely uh, at the ground and also. I mean, it might be a little bit more difficult for Liverpool in the circumstances, but as Emma's pointed out, maybe a cup game. Hopefully, we get to see Everton and Liverpool both turn out of the good season.
0: What was the last bit? Sorry.
2: Sorry. it, It would be nice to see Everton or Liverpool turning out of Goodison and Anfield next season.
0: Yeah, um, obviously it was a shame we had that, that game that was meant to be played at Goodison that was called off for the the freak storm I think we had in February and then obviously never got rearranged before before the season was cancelled but um, yeah, I think both clubs have made a commitment to to hosting games at the, at the men's stadiums and, and to see it happen again would, would be great, maybe a cup game between the two sides, never know if they meet in, in next season's FA Cup but um, I'm actually very excited for, for Everton's season um, going forward, just because. Because um, I think we have got the right man in charge in, in Willie Kirk. Because he makes kind of um, doesn't hide the fact that he's an ambitious manager, but he's realistic with it. And um, I, I think they've got the right person in charge there, and and Liverpool as well. I think have, have got the right manager, definitely to to get get
2: them back up to the WSL. And just to finish, then I'll, I'll start with you, Emma. But but same question for everyone. I'll, I'll come round for for any aspiring well. Young, young women or young men listening who are interested in a career in the media, what's, what's your kind of go to advice that, that you give people when they, they reach out to you?
1: I think I'd say don't let anyone tell you that that you can't produce the content that, that you want to produce. Don't let them say, oh, you know, that there won't be enough interest, there isn't enough room. There is. Um, you just have to keep banging the drum, keep producing the content, uh, be passionate about it. Keep working hard. Be prepared to uh, probably tire yourself out. Um, but yeah, eventually people will start listening. Um, and just yeah, if you do do a good job about it and show that you care, as Sarah said before, you know, people in the game will see that, and that's that's the most important thing. Sarah. Yeah, that's it.
3: Yes. If you've got the passion please pursue it because the game needs people that genuinely do care and that's how it's going to grow it's infectious when when somebody's got a genuine passion and love for something i think that comes across and you don't want to see women's football just being done as a bit part you want it to be um you know something that's really really grows and it's the next generation that are going to do that so yeah don't like emma said don't ever feel like you, you know be told that you can't do something or that there isn't a demand there because it's going to grow if, if people take that attitude and and then go oh I didn't want to pursue that because I didn't think it was a career possibility or you know that's only going to be detrimental to it there are opportunities there and yeah if you've got that passion and that's how you you get to these opportunities you know you'll meet people um knowledge of the game and and there will be opportunities there for you so please do pursue it whether that's on the pitch or off the pitch as a journalist, media. Um the women's game needs passionate people and I think it's only going to get bigger and better. It could be in the next 10, 20 years, you know, absolutely massive, is which is what we hope. So definitely get involved, stay involved and stay passionate as well.
2: And for, for Catherine, someone who probably be you're in the early stages of your career, I think you'd be you'd be considered a hot prospect on football manager. For people who uh, are <laughs> For, for people, maybe you aren't as lucky to have me take you under my wing as I did. <laughs> what's your advice to, to people just starting out and, and wanting to, to build a career?
0: Um, get down to your local team, get involved with them. It doesn't have to be a WSL club or a championship club, uh, whatever level they are. They're probably going to be happy to get a bit of exposure. It doesn't matter how many Twitter followers you've got, um, starting small and then and then working your way up. and. Um, yeah as, as Emma said just keep banging the drum it, it might take you a few years to kind of get people to listen but um, the more you kind of keep going with it the more likely you, you are to kind of get those interviews with the with the top players and and again a lot of them are very open to to being interviewed I've, I've never come across a, a women's football player that's not, not wanted to be interviewed or has given you know kind of Answers that they that they don't want to be there or something like that. So it, it's it's a great way to get involved um, in football and and yeah, just just keep going with it.
2: Well, Emma, Sarah, Catherine, thank you so much uh, for joining us. I hope everyone listening has enjoyed it, and and I think obviously the the four of us we could have carried on loads of stuff we haven't covered, but uh, hopefully we can all reconvene when the season gets going and, and, and make this a bit more of a regular thing. If you if you did enjoy it, I think the four of us are all. Quite easy to, to search out on, on Twitter. Uh, send me your thoughts. You Email me quite easily, uh, sam.carroll at trinitymirror.com. Any more things you want covering, any more you know women's issues that you'd like to see uh, on our website, please just give me a shout. But thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for joining me. And we will speak to you soon. Thank you. You've been listening to the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.